This morning's reading is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, from verses 27 to 42. That's John, chapter 4, verses 27 to 42. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have a food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Amen. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Amen. So I'd like to start today by asking a couple of questions. You don't have to answer, so don't panic for those who don't like answering questions. But I want you to think, how did you first come to faith? How did you first come to faith? For some of you, that may have been a long, long time ago. For others, more recent. And perhaps you might want to share some of the stories when you're over coffee in the Pillar Hall after. Lawrence Singlehurst, in his book, Sowing, Reaping, Keeping, says that many Christians, when asked how they came to faith, will share that friendship, friendship with a Christian, was a significant part in their coming to know Christ. We might not be here today if someone hadn't shared Christ with us. Some of us will have been invited to come along to some sort of church event, whether it's a picnic or a service or an alpha course. You might have found out later on that people had been praying for you to come to know Jesus. Perhaps it was your parents your Sunday school teachers, your friends, your university friends. These people were evangelists 
in their own right. Okay, my next question. mm, Do you think that you are an evangelist? Yeah? Now, there are some little nods and something. Eyes definitely averted away there. I really can imagine some of us feel as though we're like a rabbit caught in the headlights. Who, me, an evangelist? Well, we need to probe a little bit more. Because I would say then, if not, why not? Why are you not an evangelist? Now, I don't mean you know, an evangelist like somebody standing on a soapbox in the park giving the gospel, although there is a time and a place for them. We can be evangelists in our everyday lives. We're all capable of sharing the good news, whether it's in the break room at work, in the coffee shop, or in other similar places. I have to say that my journey of faith might not have brought me here had the teacher I was on placement with not shared with me something of the work that was going on at Barclay when she knew I was church hopping. That was a number of years ago. So, we are all capable of being evangelists. However, uh, I refer to this book again, uh, Lawrence Singlehurst. If you want to read a book about how the church needs to move, this is a very good book, Sowing, Reaping, Keeping. He says that due to changes in postmodern society, the way that the church understands and carries out evangelism requires to be thought of in a new way. But he also poses the question, how do we communicate truth, that is the truth of Jesus, uh, to the people who are basically cynical about that one truth, and they, ex- but they, they accept all other truths? We all know about fake news. I would suggest that the cynicism is particularly prevalent in our Scottish culture. Evangelism. It's about sharing the good news in relationship with people. The word evangelism actually means good news or bringer of good news. As I said to the children earlier, we're all very good at sharing good news with other people, aren't we? When we hear so-and-so's done this or so-and-so's done that, we're very quick to get on the phone or ping an email or something. But when it comes to sharing the good news of Jesus, we are all a little bit more reluctant. We should be sharing and telling everyone we meet about the most wonderful message of God's redemptive the redemption of sinful humanity through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is the Lamb of the world who takes away the sin of the world. Now, I'm not saying that you should just go up to your friend and say, Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. They might look at you as though you're a wee bit daft or 
has she lost the plot? But actually, it's how we live our lives. We model Jesus in our lives. Perhaps we need to go back to basics. And the reading we've heard this morning, it gives us an idea of what is possible. So we're going to look first at what happened and then look at the application for our lives. So following on from what David was telling us last week about that unconventional, well, for the time, that meeting between the Samaritan woman and Jesus, the story continues as Emma read. Jesus had just declared to the Samaritan woman that he was or is the Messiah. Now, an interesting point is this is the only place in the gospel that Jesus reveals that he is the Messiah. And he does it to a woman. Now, many of you who know your church history know that women were not considered very high standing. But if you read scripture, women feature a number of times when it comes to sharing the good news. God has shown how he uses broken people. Because that woman was broken. But through Jesus, her life was transformed. She was healed. He uses broken people to serve his kingdom. And we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. The next part of the story sees the disciples return. And the uh, description given in verse 27 you could almost imagine him looking with raised eyebrows at the scene of Jesus speaking to a woman at the well and probably shrugging their shoulders, asking each other, what do you think he's doing? But they don't ask him outright. However, the woman, having had a real faith encounter, leaves to go and share this something of this good news about the Messiah with her village. And as I said to the children, she leaves without her water jar. Now, this is significant because she is no longer thirsty. She has been given something much more thirst-quenching. She has been given life-giving water. Back in the village, that woman who now believes calls out to the others in the village, come and see, similar to Jesus' call to his disciples. Amazingly, this woman who had been too frightened to go out at dawn with the other woman to collect water, so she went out on her own, or too embarrassed to go out with them, she's now been listened to by her fellow villagers. There must have been some sort of transformation have gone on in that woman in order for them to sit up and take notice of her. Otherwise, they might not have listened to a mere woman and a disreputable one at that. She wanted to share the good news. She wanted to share it with them. And her enthusiastic rendering of the story of her encounter with Jesus made them take notice. So much so that they came out of the town and made their way towards him. 
they came out of the town because of the witness of that one woman. Meanwhile, back at the well, Jesus is using the time for another teaching episode with his disciples. And he's teaching them about spiritual food and doing the will of the Father. And verse 35, Jesus said, look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. And he's not meaning the grain, the wheat, or whatever in the fields. People everywhere need to know the message of Jesus. And in what could be described, if it was a film, as a dramatic, cinematic moment, the Samaritan villagers come through the fields. They are the harvest Jesus is talking about. That harvest was fruitful, the result of the evangelism of the Samaritan woman. The Samaritans were eager to learn more, and they urged Jesus to stay with them. And in those two days, many more became believers. So it's not always an instant Damascus Road thing. Sometimes you need to sit and listen again and again before the penny finally drops. Jesus journeyed with them to help them to grow in their knowledge and understanding of who he was, the saviour of the world. So my next question is, if the Samaritan woman can do it, why can't we? There is a ripe harvest out there just waiting for us to play our part. There is a greater need than ever in this land with recent census figures showing that church members across all denominations in Scotland being a much smaller percentage than it was 20 years ago. The number of people identifying with the church dropped to 32.4%, a drop of 10%. That is not sustainable if it goes on for a number of years. But it's not about massive numbers. It's about individuals, about winning them, about sharing the good news with them. We're all equipped to start that journey because every Christian has a testimony. Now, you might sit there thinking, no, no, not me. Well, you do, because I asked you at the beginning how you came to faith. That is your testimony. You just might not have thought about it for a while. In fact, a a few years ago, we had a a training here with the Reverend Chris Duffett, who's an amazing evangelist, and he told us to write down our testimony, our personal testimonies, in six words. Now, I don't want you to spend the rest of this talk thinking about your six words, but do, during the week, think about what your six words would be. And it was so impactful for me. I I still remember those words. God knows me, yet loves me. So he knows about all my wrong things I do, you know, and things I shouldn't do, and where I get things wrong. And God knows me yet loves me. Personal testimony is a powerful tool. 
And over the years, we have been fortunate to hear some amazing testimony from people who have been wounded by drugs, alcohol, homelessness, mental health issues. These people have spoken of their brokenness, but then gone on to share something of the transformation that has come into their lives as a result of knowing Jesus. And I know for a fact that one of our members goes to a group on a Wednesday night where there are people who have recovered from various things and they share their testimony. And it's quite a passionate thing to see. Would we be the same? You might think, well, I've not got anything amazing to share. You don't have to have anything amazing to share. You just have to be you because God loves you. Now, we might not be broken in the same way, but many of us might feel crushed under the weight of heavy burdens, maybe fear or ill health, fatigue, stress, fragility, fear of our own mortality. Jesus knows the burdens we are carrying. He knows the burdens our friends are carrying, even though he, they don't know him yet. He is calling each of us into a deeper relationship with him. He's asking us to leave those burdens at the foot of the cross. He calls us to give fresh testimony to the belief that we have in him and the transformation that it means for our lives. Many of us perhaps still quake at the thought of being called an evangelist, but that's what God calls each of us to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go overseas or anything, although some people will. And in fact, some people from overseas are here today. But it's just about being a good neighbor. Jesus tells us to love our neighbor. He also says to his disciples in Acts 1 verse 8, you will be my witnesses in all of Judea, and, or Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So those villagers who came because of the woman and then because they met Jesus came to faith. And so some, year, some time later, those people were still holding on to the faith. A whole town came to faith because of the witness and testimony of that woman. So where is God calling us to help sow seeds of transformation? This week, even today, the transformation of society starts with Holy Spirit transforming our lives. So where do you need rejuvenated? Where in our lives do we need that life-giving water today? I mentioned earlier that this story was about God using broken people to serve the kingdom. And that means he is choosing us, all of us, even you at home online. Now, you might be thinking, "Ah, I've been around this church too long. This isn't for me. I'm too old. I've nothing to give. 
Or you might be thinking, hmm, I'm too young and not wise enough to offer anything to help. I've made so many mistakes in my life, I can't be a good example to others. These thoughts are wrong in so many counts because I hope you realize that we're all called to serve. It's the brokenness, in the brokenness, God can shine through. So how can we even begin to think about sharing the good news? I was speaking to one of our 85-year-old members the other week, and we were talking about the Alpha course. And the reason for doing it in an environment that you might not associate with Alpha, that is, in the pub up the road in the upper room. She then turned to me and she said, I'm going to invite three of my friends to come because I think they might benefit from it. This is the heart and passion that we all need. Even at 85, you're not too old to be thinking about who to invite. I think some of the friends are younger, but it doesn't matter what age the people are. We need to have a passion to see lives transformed as ours were when we first came to know Jesus. The Alpha Course, it says in its literature, is a space where people are excited to bring their friends for a conversation about faith, life, and God. And in the pub, it's a non-threatening environment. Sometimes, I've touched on the fact that it's not just about words, it's about actions too. It's about how we live our lives. And I know over the last year or two, I've met some people who have commented that their opinion of church has changed. Now, they haven't come to church yet, but they now see church in a better light because of some of the activities, some of the pastoral care work, etc., that we've been doing in the community Small things can make change. In this way, we live our lives to witness to the transformative power Jesus has on us. Jesus, the Samaritan woman said, come and see. Who is God calling you to say, come and see to? Why not ask them? The names must have been going through your head as we've spoken in this service. Why not ask them to come and see at our Alpha course? Come along with them. Maybe the first couple of nights, you know, you might stay with them and then you might be able to leave them. It doesn't matter. However, remember, and to make it easier on you, it's not our job to convince people to accept Christ. It's our job to introduce them to Jesus. And then we let Jesus do the work. So it's not all on us. So that should remove some of the fear that we might have. So my final question for you is, who are you going to share the good news with? Let's pray together. Father, we come before you as broken individuals, but are thankful for the life-giving water you share with us so freely. 
Help us to overcome our personal doubts and feelings so that we might become the vessels you use to bring others to faith. Help us and challenge us to share the good news about Jesus with our family, friends, and neighbors. We say, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.